This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Welcome once again to Chill Filtered, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be drinking some Blanton's straight from the barrel. It is going to be amazing. We're very thankful to Caleb Olson, otherwise known as the Bourbon Badger. But before we get to that, let's get down to just a little bit of business. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could subscribe to Chill Filtered while you're there, you can hit the uh, or you can leave us a rating and a review. Ratings help people find the show. Reviews help us know what you like, maybe what you'd like to see different. If you want to play a bigger part in the show, go to Patreon.com/ChillFiltered. That's the business. Here's the podcast. Kind of rushed through that one, Cole, my dear friend. How are you today in your Arizona mansion? Dude, it's, uh, I'm good. You know, it's like a crazy day. I feel like I have a lot of like things to update you on. Oh, really? Um, yeah, go first ahead. First of all. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it was like 105 today, weather-wise. So that well, was Well, that is awful. It was like, it was like a oven. Like, you just feel this, luckily it's dry, so you're not getting too sweaty, but it's just an oven out here. Yeah. Um, so it's apparently not even close to as bad as it's going to get this summer, but a little taste, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, work's, work's been good. I, um, today, I had an event uh, that went down, like a, like a company-wide event. And my company's like a lot of people. Like, I want to say like, um, actually, I don't know the exact, but like <laughs> thousands for sure. Uh, okay. Uh, oodles of thousands. And, um, and across the company, there was an event today, and it was a uh, competitive eating competition. And I actually signed up for charity for it to like actually eat it. And the challenge was, um, you get 24 Krispy Kreme glazed donuts and you're given six minutes to eat as many of them as you can. That is a lot. uh, It is. And there's a company wide, um, you know, competition, but there was also a location based competition. And in my location, there were only about eight people that maybe eight or nine people that uh, were in my buildings competition and i won i uh literally ate 15 donuts in six minutes wow that's a lot (laughs) yeah and i i mean i raised 350 dollars for my uh charity of choice which was actually the uh the greyhound pets of arizona uh, nonprofit. so very cool yeah so it it was a fun day and i didn't even throw up so it was great yeah very good well, I uh, you know, before we started recording, I told you that I was uh, I was supposed to be at dinner, but dinner got delayed, and then we talked, and I was like, you know what, I got to record anyway, because I actually forgot that we are, that we record on Saturday mornings usually, and uh, mm-hmm. scheduled something else, so it's kind of fortuitous that it worked out to uh, yeah. do this right now. Also, when I when I went out to dinner, I went and parked in the parking garage, and then me and Ashley we were walking to the restaurant. And Ashley's in front of me. She's walking down the sidewalk, and I suddenly see a 20 sitting on the sidewalk, so I bend down and pick it up. Turned out to be three 20s, so I found $60 on the sidewalk. It was the best. That's bourbon money right there. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'm already planning on going to Total Wine tomorrow to see what I can buy. Yeah, that's awesome. Did I tell you? I I think I've told some of the listeners. Maybe maybe not, but... um, 
I have found my liquor store. Oh, have Maybe you? Maybe I said that last week. I don't know. Yeah. The one that Caleb Olson um, recommended through kind of an inside source. He's like, check this one out. I checked it out. I found it. This is where I'm going to like dig my roots in and uh, hopefully get some, uh, you know, um, help from the, the store owner because I'll be a solid patron of theirs. Right, right. I, uh, that's you a know, big deal for me. I, I really haven't, uh, I haven't found that store here because I don't feel like Steve's is really that store. And I know the yeah, one that I usually go to isn't really that store either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's hard because, yeah, there's what you, what I look for, and this is to especially the listeners out there. Um, having written my blog, whiskeygoals.com, it was about building relationships to be able to get certain bottles. Right. And Madison wasn't prime for that. Like you couldn't really like get in with anyone in particular in Madison. Otherwise, like you're pretty much either going to a total where they don't know too much or you're going to a local place where they don't really have too much. Um, Yeah. So it's kind of a hard in between there. Um, You know, the one bottle shop that you never... Uh, checked out here in Madison that you probably could have done that with is the cork and bottle shop. Oh, right on uh, Johnson on, or whatever. On Johnson, I think I think that's the shop that really is all about building relationship and uh, and kind of uh. getting it in that way. So I may I may start. It's you know it's kind of a jaunt for me to get over there, but uh, I may start uh, trying to head that way. Yeah, I mean the one I'm going to is 19 minutes away drive, so it's worth it to me. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you sent via our personal courier. I don't know if I want to say yet what you're sending me, but um, you're sending me some good stuff. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited for you to get that. You'll get it on uh, this Monday. I think the guy drops it off then. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think uh, I, when he drops that off, I'll give him some samples for you. So uh, I've got some se- like seven samples for you that you'll be getting. So it'll be good. It'll be really good. Perfect. Um, nice. hey, real you doing quick, all right? Cole, I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing mm-hmm. good. Um, work is good. We had uh, take your kid to work day this past week. Yeah. Uh, and Ashley and I took her cousin. So it's uh, the son of her cousin who who passed away unexpectedly. And uh, Ashley and I have tried to uh, play an active role in his life. And so we brought him to take your kid to work day, had a good time. And then uh, he did not want to go home. He he was like, can I just, oh. can we just go, go back to your house and watch a movie? And so we oh. came back here and watched a movie and it was fun. Uh, but yeah, no, life is good. Um, That's good. But, I'm glad. But I am too excited to keep doing the, the BS thing. So why don't you tell me uh, what it is that we are drinking today? Yeah, we're drinking today. We're drinking uh, Blanton's Straight from the Barrel, also known as SFTB, is, of course, Straight from the Barrel. Uh, it is a 129.6 proof, and I'll get into more details in a bit, but that's kind of the layout we're drinking today. Awesome. Well, I'm excited, so let's get right to it, but really quick, we're going to take just a short break. All right, back from break. And something we're kind of doing pretty regularly these days when we record is we'll go live on Instagram. And so just a hello to all of the people watching on Instagram. Madtown Marketer who just joined. What's up? Um, All right, Cole, get into the history of this pour. I'm very excited. I am too. Yeah, this has actually got some really interesting history to it. Um, First of all, uh, we've talked about Buffalo Trace Distillery before. Uh, but it goes a little deeper this time, um, not on so much Buffalo Trace, but more so into what Blanton's is. 
first of all, for those of you who don't know, Buffalo Trace Distilleries in Frankfort, Kentucky. They've been distilling on that property since 1775. Uh, their motto, as we've discussed, is honor tradition, embrace change. And I just think, honestly, so many good, amazing products come from the Buffalo Trace Distillery, including this. Uh, but the funny thing is, is that there's only about four mash bills that Buffalo Trace uses. And there's not exactly like four historically, but these days there's pretty much just four. Now there's mash bill number one, and that is, you know, Buffalo Trace, the bottle, George T. Stagg, Eagle Rare bottles, they all have um, mash bill number one. And that's a bourbon with a low rye content, um, but it's a similar, I mean, it's like a high rye, but it's not as high rye as mash bill number two. Right. which you'll find in things like Eagle, or not Eagle, Elmer T. Lee, Rock Hill Farms, Hancock's Reserve, and Blanton's, all the Blanton's. And they say that has about 12 to 15% rye in the bourbon mash. Uh, then there's the weeded mash bill, number three. They don't call it number three, but it's the third. And that's the Weller line and the Van Winkle line. That's a bourbon, but a high wheat recipe. And then the last one is the rye mash bill, which is what you'll find in the Sazerac line, as well as the Thomas H. Handy, like, and Saz 18 as well. But that's a rye whiskey mash. Um, but the crazy thing I've been thinking about is, you know, in terms of like, for example, mash bill number one, I've had George T. Stagg and I've had uh, Buffalo Trace, but they're from the same mash bill, but they're so different. And yet, each one individually is somewhat consistent with what they are. I mean, much more so Buffalo Trace. But it's like crazy to think why there are so many differences in what started as the exact same mash bill. But some of the big differences I wanted to discuss are just and just glaze over are, of course, age. Um, Buffalo, I mean, George T. Sag is definitely a little older than uh, Buffalo Trace for that matter. But also proof, that's different. Char level in the barrels. Um, do you know what char level is, Adam? Well, I know, I mean, I know, like, that means how much it's been charred, if that's what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so they'll have, like, a rating, like, one through sometimes even up to seven. But it's just how long they kept the flame on the uh, inside of the barrel. Right. And so, of course, there's the type of grain in the barrel. I'm not talking about, like, grain like corn. Uh, it's like a dense grain, fine grain, uh, coarse grain. Um, that can be a huge difference in the actual bourbon. There's the seasoning of the staves, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Uh, what warehouse it's in, time of year that they place it in the warehouse, rick number, age, proof. Oh, I did say age already. Proof. I already said proof. That's weird. Um, <laughs> certain things like weather, evaporation, uh, stuff like that. These all can really make a, a bourbon so different from another bourbon. Um, but the bland straight from the barrel is actually the only cast strength mash bill number two bottle, uh, which is kind of crazy because uh, each each like mash bill has maybe one or two um, cast strength like uh, varieties. For example, like George T. Stagg or William Lou Weller. Um, but the only one is not like an antique collection bottle is the bland straight from the barrel. So this is going to be something special. I have a feeling. Uh, Blends has four bottlings, uh, but really they have like eight. Um, but the main four are Blanton's Single Barrel, uh, one that we'll, we'll have on a future episode, uh, Blanton's Gold. And uh, let me go back. Blanton's Single Barrel, that's 93 proof. Uh, Blanton's Gold is 103 proof. Blanton's Special Reserve, which is a green label, that's 80 proof. And then there's Blanton's Straight from the Barrel, which is barrel proof. Now, some of the other ones are Blanton's Silver, that's discontinued. There's one called 
Blanton's Paris by Day, and there's another called Paris by Night, and they're just 100 and 120 proof. So they just have a bunch of types of this, but they're pretty rare. But here's the craziest part, is that you can only buy Blanton's single barrel in the U.S., and I was like, and I did some research and I'm like, why is that? Like, why is the, the best bottlings of this, um, you know, not in the U.S.? And don't get me wrong, Blanton Single Barrel, the standard is amazing. Um, but I don't even know if you're going to believe this, Adam. It's crazy. Um, I mean, you might be able to get it like a, in the U.S. at like an airport duty-free shop. But anyway, sure. um, Blanton's brand is not owned by Sazerac or Buffalo Trace. Really? That blew my mind. Yeah. Um, in the 90s, in like the late 80s and early 90s, it kind of went through, it changed hands a little bit. And it was the brand itself, Just Blends, uh, was bought out by a company called Age International, which is now owned by Takara Shuzo Limited, a Japanese company. And it's been that way for years. So theoretically, Everything that Blends is is owned by a Japanese company, and the Japanese company doesn't want to sell any of these special bottles in the U.S. They just want to sell it internationally. So you can buy it in like London or maybe even Paris or something like that. So you're saying um, what what we're drinking today, you can't get this in the U.S. That's correct. Yeah. Wow. So Caleb got this in a very special way. He was able to get it from a international source. Um. But yeah, it just blew my mind because like Buffalo Trace makes it. They certainly do. In fact, it's all over the gift shop in Frankfurt. Um, but the brand itself is not even technically American anymore. I mean, it is. So you could you couldn't here, but like yeah you couldn't even, you couldn't even get this from like the Buffalo Trace gift shop. Nope they they only distribute internationally outside of the U.S. outside of you know the, the standard bottle. But again, it's it's made here. Yes, it is. Yeah, and every, so every make, bottling. We will make it here in the United States and then only, like, did you say like only four bottles get sold here? Or is it just the single barrel that gets sold here? Just the single barrel. Every other bottle is sold outside. That's insane. Oh, except for there was a 30th anniversary, but that doesn't count. It was kind of a special one-off. It so is like, insane. I, so I was like, kind of, yeah. When I see, when I see uh, stuff on Reddit of people who have like collected the different tops that Blanton's has, um, the mm-hmm. different horse figurines, basically, uh, are all of those ones that they've gotten from stuff that has only sold outside of the U.S.? Or like, I, d- I guess I don't know how to ask that question properly, but... Ooh, that's a good question. So there are um, technically... Um what is it um eight different types of the top um now some of them are different colors like blanton silver actually has a silver horse but the ones that are the typical blanton's uh top there's actually eight tops and they all go through b l a n t o n s but i guess that's seven with the two ends right um but yeah that's the difference there so like but the ones that are like special bottles yeah that's a little different like if you see yeah so uh it's kind of like you could buy eight different uh bottles of blanton single barrel and each one might be different or or the same as far as like there's a letter on them no yes and no so first of all it is a single barrel product right um and so you're always going to get something a little different 
but it doesn't uh the b l a you know all those letters that doesn't make it a special bottling they actually no, no, just no, randomized it, no, it. i've been that's not what i'm saying yeah i i'm asking if it's a randomized thing on the top it's not signifying a certain special liquid yes sir Yep, it is uh, completely randomized. At the tour at Buffalo Trace, they they were like, "Yeah, it, people think it's different. They're all random." Okay, okay, yeah. But actually, if people want to look into that uh, Ace Inter- or Age International kind of thing, Chuck Cowdery, we've talked about him before, did a really good post. Uh, it was called "It Was the Best of Times, It Was the Worst of Times," and it dealt with the '90s trade of Blantons. For part of the article, talked about that, and it was really interesting. Right. So um, I wanted to save, there's talk of the guy it's named after, his name's Albert Blanton. I want to save that for the single barrel episode. So I'm okay. done with my history. Let's get into this. Okay. Uh, real quick before we do, I just want to, we've mentioned Caleb a few times at the top of the show and throughout this, but uh, I just want to specifically uh, say thank you so much to Caleb for uh, providing this sample. He, you know. Four ounces of this incredible whiskey that can only be found outside of the United States. It's not an easy bottle to get. Um, and, uh, he, he gave me two ounces, he gave you two ounces. And so that is a pretty big deal. And that is a really awesome, um, way to support this show. I would go out on a limb and say that, uh, Caleb has been the biggest supporter of this show and we, we offer you all the thanks and all of our gratitude. It means so much that you like the show. As much as you do that you want to see us review this whiskey, and uh, Cole and I are really excited for this, and so uh, I just want to say thank you, and I'm sure Cole does as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just, yeah, I I even appreciate, you know, like, uh, you sending these over, and then we could even do a little trade. We were able to send through the courier some things to Caleb, and for those listeners out there that maybe want to show us a bottle, we wouldn't always just see that as a thing that you're giving us something. Sometimes we send something back right Um, absolutely and you know it's uh uh just to mention you know i'm doing this thing uh on the uh patreon page called thirsty thursdays with adam um i believe this past thursday was the last one that i do on instagram live every now and then we'll we'll jump on instagram live to give you a taste of it but on patreon.com slash chill filtered uh i'm doing a thing called thirsty thursdays with adam they're videos where i just kind of sit down and drink some whiskey and shoot the shit with you guys talk about what's going on in my life and whiskey and all that stuff and uh in those episodes I am putting together a uh, an, an infinity bottle, and uh, so I'm basically I'm I'm kind of thinking Cole that I will only add from the samples that that I have to this bottle. So it, uh, like maybe yeah. the name name of it might be the the sample bottle or the infinity sample bottle. Um, and uh, I kind of think that I would like to trade once that's full. I would like to trade that for other samples uh via the courier so if if listeners are interested in that for for as little as one dollar a month listeners you can go to patreon.com slash chill filtered and you get access to all of those videos and any other awesome thing that we do on patreon we want to support or we we want to give back to the people who, who support us so anyway cole let us uh, i already poured so i don't know if you have yet or not but i have poured already i um i'm pouring right now you hear the glugs glug 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 <laughs> oh, I made a solid pour in that Glencairn there. Yeah, I Do you, you know, smell I have that? to be really I have to be really careful when I pour now because I'm trying to save at least an ounce of every sample 
Um, and I don't know what what your uh, sample bottle is like, but mine's a very dark color for this one. Yep. And me so too. it was uh, it was kind of hard to tell how much I was leaving in the bottle, so I had to be very careful. But uh, have you have you given that a, a whiff yet? Oh my goodness! It is potentially the greatest nose I've ever experienced. You talk for a second. I gotta adjust something here in the office. So I just warmed it a little bit. But this is like butterscotch. Like this is like this caramel, like a gourmet caramel. Oh yes, that's a that is a great description. Uh, I would add in like some of the some of the strongest cinnamon I've ever smelled in a whiskey, like cinnamon sugar. For sure, this is strong, but so pleasant Ooh. on the nose. Like I it can is, smell a little oof. alcohol, but it's not burning. Ah uh, man, apples. Cherries. It is. It is a uh, Werther's original. Are you familiar? Yeah. Oh, it yeah. Is, absolutely. It smells so good. Oh my gosh! Like I don't like. It's, I I don't. I almost don't even want to drink this. Seriously, I it. I mean, like, Whew. if this smell tastes as good as it smells, this could be one of the best bourbons I've ever had. I can. You haven't. Ha- you haven't had it, right? No, no, I haven't. Never had. Uh, uh, and any just special re- edition blends. Just to remind people, what was the proof on this? Is it 129.6? That's correct, yep. And this this sample is from barrel 1597, warehouse H, Rick 56. Looks like it was bottled on February 15th, 2018. Yep. And did you you mention how old this was? I'm sorry if I wasn't paying attention. Usually blends are actually only around six to eight years, usually on the lower end of that. Hmm. But there is no age statement. I, Cole, I am I am almost afraid to drink this. Uh, just from the Me standpoint, too. Of, I've been holding um, off. I know the nose is so good that like I like I don't want I don't want to run out of this whiskey. Oh my gosh! Seriously, it's so good. I'm going for the first sip then. Okay, you go for the sip, man. The Cole is right. There's some apples, uh, but for sure that cinnamon and that kind of toffee caramel smell. It's uh, it's so good. It's so good. I can Cole's silent because he's just savoring that taste. I can tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, come on. That don't, is, leave us, don't leave us hanging here. Oh, it's so good. It right, even go- just like kicks in a little late. I'm so, going for the while sip. While you sip, I'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on. So don't, here's what I here's the here's the thing. Okay, I won't give away. Don't, yeah, don't give away your notes yet. Like let's let, let me sip it. You talk generally, okay? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things I noticed was it kicked in late. Um, no, no notes there, but like it just like when I sipped it, it was pure warmth, and then all of a sudden it's just like here you go, and it like it like leaves you, and you leaves this trail behind it where you're like, oh, oh man, that was good. But it is potent, um, and it is hot, but it's almost like warm throughout. It's not like this burn your like it, it doesn't have the bite at all, but it has this beautiful warmth to it it he's is still, uh, he's still munching it is a very special liquid <laughs> seriously thank you so much caleb yeah caleb this is amazing i'm trying to warm it up in my glass a little bit because mine was actually mm-hmm. kind of cold um mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna i'm kind of palming it a little bit and trying to get it a little warmer but you are so right that it kicks in a little late uh it, it felt like just liquid like it just tasted, it, there was no taste at first. And then you kind of, 
hold it there for a little while and eventually swallow it, and that that taste kicks in very very cinnamony uh, on the that's palate. the first note i got mm-hmm. oh yeah Absolutely. i mean it is it is straight cinnamon and sugar but but even and i'm gonna say this it is like buttered toast with cinnamon and sugar on it and, and specifically buttered toast it's not just cinnamon and sugar but the, the taste of buttered toast and cinnamon and sugar so um and then there was i i gotta take another sip to to find what the note was but there was something on the back end of it that felt very very familiar in a very uh home feeling kind of way i don't know if that makes sense but it reminded me of home yeah yeah like a nice uh Warm Sunday spent inside. Right, right. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. Cole the, can't handle it. Oh man. Oh man, it hit me. I mean, it um, is one. Cinnamon. It is one twenty nine point six. But I didn't. I did not get any of those coughs. I I didn't feel like it was a hot whiskey. It, it's so smooth. Yeah. No. And I feel like my cough was a, kind of a, a special one because it a really isn't. No. I mean, like it wasn't caused from like. Like just the heat, I feel like there was something in my throat, but right. Um, either way, it is just it's just like it just fades. This this whiskey has this perfect fade to it. Um, yeah. and some people just call that the finish, but this is just beautifully. It just lets go. Have did and you warm it up before you drank it? Just a tiny bit, yeah, dude. I am so I'm warming it, and then I took another smell. Mm-hmm. warming it has changed the smell even it's it has made it w- way stronger as far as the smell yeah goes. that's for sure i almost it almost spaced it out if that makes any sense like it almost um spread out the nose a little bit i almost that liked is, it a little more that cold. is a perfect perfect description is it spread out the nose for sure it, it like yeah. like before it was like just it was one smell that you had to kind of like pick through now it it, it feels yeah. like different smells that you can pick out individually yeah and it was definitely more butterscotchy when it was cold yes oh yes well 100 percent, man cole you're nailing this and we're on the same page on these it's a good day yeah right, i'm going yeah, for my second sip actually, here now that it's warm while you do that i'm gonna talk and and add a little water i'm i'm a little scared to add water um, because this is just such a good bottle right here. But I'm just gonna add three small drops. You're doing three? That goes. Uh but I they're very small drops. The little dropper I have is like micro drops. Ooh, now that I warmed it up a little bit, I'm getting a little bit of that bite on my tongue. Yeah. Um Oh this will be it, interesting just, with ice for that reason. This is so good. I like I, I'm I'm right there with you. I was I was about to say the same exact thing as far as I'm nervous to add water to it because it's so good as it is. Yeah. That I don't I don't want to risk ruining it at all, but for the sake of the show, you know, we do this with every yeah. bottle we get. I'm not going to do 3 drops though. I I'm only going to do two small drops. Yeah. So, I mean, even last week we were like this bottle is amazing and we kind of found out it was better with ice slash water than neat. Uh, I think I thought the ice was better. You thought the uh, water was better, but both right. we thought were better than neat. So it's funny how like sometimes it might even make it v- much better. When you do wa- so, when you add water, Cole, do you kind of swish mm-hmm. it around in the glass to try and get it like I do. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, I always do. Yeah. So the nose with a little water, it 
brings out a butterscotch, but not as not as melty as the neat pour. Like the neat pour is just like just just like melty, caramely butterscotchiness. Um, this has a butterscotchiness, but it's a little more straightforward. It's not like gonna melt all over, uh, if that makes any sense. But uh, so it's still for good. me on the nose with this water, what I'm getting is a uh, a tr- like a milk chocolate covered toffee. Yeah, great note. Yeah, like a Heath. Right, exactly a Heath bar. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. All right, I'm going for the sip. Yeah, you go for it. So, yeah, even like even like a n- not a nutty, but more so like an almondy, not an almond flavor for the record, but almost like an almond nut kind of smell a little bit, but it's pleasant. Um, so far, there's been nothing unpleasant about this pour. Oh my! Uh, what gosh. do you think, Adam? Is it better? Uh, Bourbon Lens just just joined us on Instagram. We are drinking Blanton straight from the barrel. It's 129.6 uh, proof bourbon, and it's delicious. Thanks for joining us, Bourbon Lens. Cole, it is better it is with so the different. water. It's better with the water. I'm with you. I am with you. It brought out some pal. of that apple. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's real, real good. <laughs> I could drink this for the rest of my life. I Cole, I uh, this might be one that you don't want to put ice in. I mean, who knows what it's gonna do to it? I mean, I still got a more than an ounce left in this sample bottle, so I'm gonna risk it. You're gonna put a cube in, huh? For the sake of our of our listeners, here we go. So I, I'm gonna do one more sip with this this water. I mean, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna put a cube in this. I'm not gonna risk it, but I'll, I'll uh, I'm I'm trying I'll to pick out know. a note here. Yeah, the nose is great. It's uh. Vanilla all over the place. Um, not even that oaky at all. Um, like pure pleasant oakiness, but in a really good way. Um, yeah, I'm going for the sip on this guy. Go for it. Um, I think I think uh, with especially with water in this, with two drops of distilled water. Uh, something I'm picking out. I think is a uh, an orange peel i think um which is kind of a weird note with toffee and chocolate and cinnamon but i do get a, a sense of an orange peel in there no that's good Almost how's that like, sip uh, with the cube? mulling spices you yeah. know it's good nothing too special at this point uh ice was not the best idea if i were to rank it it would be water neat ice so you were good and not grabbing some ice yeah, I yeah. This is too good of a whiskey. You know, it was it was it was a risk just adding those two drops of water, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it paid off. But I w- there was no way in hell I was adding ice to this. It's just so good. It wasn't thicker, but it was butterier mouthfeel wise. I get uh, you with the ice. Yeah, but not as good taste wise and there's almost that little bit of not sour but almost bitter uh finish in my mouth um yeah for those listeners out there don't recommend ice but if you need to try it do it um i uh man this is i'm gonna call it cold this is the best bourbon i've had yeah i mean it is real real good i think it is top 10 but I've had better and only one thing. Well, at least one thing stands out to me 
that was better than this, but it is not saying much. Like this is fantastic. And I've the 2016 George T. Stag beat this in my opinion. Mm. Uh, but that is probably the greatest bourbon I've ever had. Um, well, let's let's give this bourbon a rating. Okay. So um, I, I'll, I'll go me, first. You usually go first. Go I, I'm I'm gonna go first on this one. Okay. Uh, so I will go ahead and say this is for sure the best bourbon that I have ever had. Um, and I, you know I haven't had a ton of bourbon. I'm more of a rye guy. But uh, as far as anything we've had on the show, this is the best bourbon. I'm gonna. I, I believe there are better bourbons out there, but for me, this is the best. So I'm gonna go as high as a nine point five. Uh, so that, that leaves some room to grow there on the bourbon, uh, real quick, Cole bourbon lens on Instagram is asking, is it better than Woodford double oaked? I have not had Woodford double oaked. Have you any day of the week? Oh, okay. Well, you don't like that. Oaky taste, so I'm sure. Well, no, no, no. Sure. double oaked is good. Double oaked okay. is fantastic. It's the best Woodford product I've had. Um, yeah, I could probably say that confidently. Um, and I've had some of their master selections, and they're okay. They're pretty good. But, like, Double Oaked is great, but this is nowhere near Double This is so much better than Double Oaked. Yeah, it, but thanks for, yeah, thanks for reaching out. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I'll say it's a 9.5. Cole, what are you going to give this whiskey? And, and I'm sorry, and, and I'll say that uh, it was better with two drops of distilled water in it. Yes, for sure. Um, I give this a 9.62. Uh, 9.62. Um, do I find it better than uh, Lot 40 Rye, which I believe I gave a 9.7 or 9.8 recently? Uh, I don't, but it is still in my my list of, of rankings. It is in the top 10 I've ever had. Ah, well, I mean, that's good. I'm, I'm surprised you don't think this is better than Lot 40, honestly. Lot 40 just, just rocked me. I know. I, I'm, I'm really surprised by that. I like I like yeah. I thought I thought it was really good, but I am surprised at how much you were affected by like you you consider Lot Forty Cast Strength a really special bottle that you have now, and I'm I'm kind of surprised. I do. I'm very happy I got that bottle. Hmm. Oh, oh man! I, I so I saved some, yeah. and it's it's now it's now changed to being very very Granny Smith Apple. And oh, it's just Yo. so good. It's so 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 good. I love apples and notes. Um. All right. So that is the Blanton's SFTB or Blanton's straight from the barrel. If you want it in the United States, good luck because they don't sell it here retail. You've got to try and find it on the secondary market, or if you have a connection, you can make it happen. I'm sure. Uh, Cole, do we know what we're drinking next week? Uh, next. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, next week, let's uh, let us do uh, Thomas H. Handy, two thousand eighteen. Mm-hmm. What do you think mm-hmm. of that? Okay, I'm cool. excited for that. You know, uh, the only time I've had uh, did we do uh, Thomas H. Handy on here before? We did. I believe we did the two thousand and sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Sixteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I think I have had the eighteen at Cask and Ale. You might have. They definitely yeah. had it there. Yeah, I think I did. Um, so next week we're doing the Thomas H. Handy 2018. It's going to be so freaking good. I'm so excited. Uh, Cole, uh, could you tell us what people would be spending to get that today? 
Uh, Thomas H. Handy usually runs for anywhere between $350 and $500, usually on the lower end of that. that that's on the secondary market. That's correct. And retail these days, it's $100. Right. And, and there, there's still a chance that somebody might find the 2018 expression at retail, but it's um, not likely. Yeah, I'd tip my hat to them if they did. Yeah, for sure. Send us a sample if you do, uh, even yes. though we've got one already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Cole. Uh, again, that was Blanton's Straight from the Barrel. It's 129.6 proof bourbon, and it's really freaking good. And now it's time for Whiskey World News. That's right, folks. Here on Chill Filtered, we have a segment called Whiskey World News where we find an article online about whiskey, and uh, we're going to read it for you, or at least a portion of it. This one is actually kind of a longer one, so I don't know if we'll read the whole thing. We're going to tell you the website, the title of the article, and who wrote it because we don't ever want to take credit for these. It's just stuff that we find online to kind of uh, serve as a jumping off point for free for discussion here on the show uh but i also saved a little bit of this whiskey we had today i'm gonna take one more sip here Mm-mm-mm. do it so good so today's article is coming from forbes.com written by joseph v mcauliffe i think that's how his name say his name uh the title is oak and eden a craft producer pushes the boundaries of whiskey innovation. Again, it's Forbes.com. Oak and Eden, a craft producer pushes the boundaries of whiskey innovation uh, by Joseph V. McAuliffe. Here we go. Finishing refers to the practice of maturing a spirit for short periods of time in a cask that previously held other liquids. The process allows whiskey makers to add additional layers of flavor to a whiskey. The practice started with the Scotch whiskey industry. The technique has become quite common in Scotland and is being adopted by other whiskey producers around the world. It has even been used by the spirit producer by other spirit producers ranging from rum to brandy to tequila. The US whiskey industry was late in adopting this practice but has now accepted it enthusiastically. In addition, the U.S. spirits industry has also experimented with ways of enhancing particular flavor profiles by using different toasting techniques on the barrels. Maker's Mark and the independent stave company in particular have led the way in experimenting with different toasting methods and the use of additional staves in a barrel and assessing their impact on flavor. Enter the Sanctified Spirits Company, a Texas-based startup which is experimenting with putting a spiral of wood in each bottle of its bourbon and rye whiskey. Normally, the finishing of a spirit occurs prior to the bottling. Once a spirit is bottled, it remains static. In reality, a spirit will change over time even if it is bottled in glass, but the changes are so small and take such a long time to manifest themselves that for all practical purposes, it is unchanging. The company uses spirals made from American white oak, but has also experimented with spirals made from different kinds of woods, including maple, French oak, cherry, or ash. The spiral, Mm. called a spire, is approximately five inches long. The tight spiral offers a large surface area for the whiskey to interact with the wood. According to Joseph, or Joe 
I'm not even going to try and say his last name, the company's CEO and co-founder, the effect of the spire is exhausted after six weeks or so in a bottle. Sanctified spirits, whiskey, and rye are bottled under the Oak and Eden brand. To date, four expressions have been released. A bourbon that is bottled with a toasted coke. Uh, toasted oak spire, a rye that is bottled with a charred oak spire, and another rye termed rye and rumba, rumba, I don't know, which is bottled with a spire that has been soaked in rum, so probably rumba. A fourth recently released expression, bourbon and vine, is a bourbon that is bottled with a spire made from French oak that has been soaked in Cabernet Sauvignon, produced from Texas-grown grapes. Is this a legitimate innovation or just a marketing gimmick? First of all, both the bourbon and rye began as conventional spirits. According to the, uh, th- that guy, Joe, the company sources most of its spirits from MGP in Indiana. The bourbon is produced from a mash bill of 60% corn, 36% rye, and 4% malted bi- barley, while the rye is produced from a mash bill of 95% rye and 5% malted barley. Once again, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry. Once distilled, the new make spirit, or white dog, is matured for approximately two years in barrels of number three charred American white oak. Our business plan is quite simple. We curate, blend, finish, and sell exceptional whiskey. We are sourcing, or as we proudly say, curating. We purchase our whiskeys from their native states of distillation, most coming from MGP in Indiana, but not all. We move barreled whiskey from Indiana and other native sources once the whiskey has reached full age, and not before. We only move it when we are ready to bottle it. We do not age whiskey in Texas. We have found the environment to be too extreme and difficult to manage. How do we... Ex- how do we assess the impact of the spire on the whiskey in the bottle? According to Joe... We are not introducing a wood spirit interaction without intention. On the contrary, we are intentionally introducing wood to whiskey with the complete and full intent to produce change. Change for the better. We stand behind our products, our process, and the outcome produced. Finally, the long-term effect of making the whiskey smoother over time is not accidental, but intentional. Um, so I'm not going to read the rest of the article. Uh, it's very long. Uh, but if you want to, you can go to Forbes.com. Uh, again, this article's title is Oak and Eden, A Craft Producer Pushes the Boundaries of Whiskey Innovation, written by Joseph V. McAuliffe. And before we comment on it, Bourbon Lens here on Instagram has said secondary barrel finish and finishing isn't going anywhere anytime soon. I think they are trying to be innovative and get ahead of the industry. In industry. Cole, what do you think about this secondary finishing? No, yeah, I um, I think about yeah, like finishing, like like even like Berlin's was mentioning, like it's not going anywhere. But this is something different. It sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like they're selling bottles with the wood still inside them. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So they they get their their juice from NGP and some other uh, some other places. They're not. Uh, you know, very clear on what those other places are. And then they will bottle it. And once it's in the bottle, they add a, a spire, a wood spire to it, whether that be charred oak or fresh oak or, or whatever, but they add a spire mm-hmm. and it's sold with that spire in the bottle. Yeah. So, you know, when I was first getting into liquor and stuff, I, especially whiskey, um, I, you know, did research and said, should I buy a bottle that's old 
and or something like that. Like I was kind of just like like wine, you know, it ages in the bottle a little bit. But whiskey does not do that uh, unless right. you were to expose it to something like wood, which is what ages whiskey. It was wood. Um, so this is a, it's a good, I mean, it's a cool idea. I can't tell you if it's a good idea or not. I would have to taste it. Um, right. I, I would love such, to get a hold of this. Seriously. I mean, there's definitely such a thing as over oaking whiskey, um, right, which would happen, sure. you know, if you went 30 years with that thing in the bottle, but it'd be interesting to see how it progresses over time. And the beauty is you could try it a year from now and then you could probably try it two years from now, as long as you keep some in the bottle. And then kind of just get an idea. But the hard well, thing what, would be once the bottle's open, it might oxidize with the oak itself if it were right, you know, exposed right. to too much air. What I think would be interesting is to get you know, a bottle of it right from them bottling it. So they bottle sure. it tomorrow, and I get that bottle tomorrow. I try some you know, within a week of that and then wait six months before I try it again. You know, this no, article sure. said that, that Aspire will only age it up to six weeks. Like after six weeks, there's really no more change that's going to happen. But I would love to just kind of document that over the the years or so. I like try it once a week maybe for like do a half yeah. ounce once a week for however long that's going to last. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a math wizard like you are. But um, and just document and see what happens. You know, I, I kind of did this. You know, I got some white dog from uh, Death's Door Spirits here in Middleton, Wisconsin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put some charred oak spires in there. And it honestly, I, I don't know if you remember trying it, but it turned out not horrible. So, yeah, it definitely wasn't terrible. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I think this is interesting. Again, go to Forbes.com. You can search uh, for Oak and Eden. A craft producer pushes the boundaries of whiskey innovation. It's written by Joseph V. McAuliffe. Cole, I think this was a wonderful episode of Chill Filtered. What do you think? I, too, think it was a wonderful episode. I liked it, was it a lot. Definitely, definitely good. It helps that we had this amazing whiskey, the Blanton's Straight from the Barrel uh, bourbon. It's 129.6 proof. And uh, good luck finding it. I uh, I had a blast. Thank you again to Caleb, uh, who you can find on Instagram if you search the Bourbon Badger. Uh, he's got a lot of great posts about bourbon if you like that yep. and all that good stuff. Hey, somebody named Whiskey Scout just joined us on Instagram. Thanks for joining us. Thank We're you, just Whiskey ending Scout. the show, so you'll have to come on Monday and download the episode. We'd love you to listen to it and tell us what you think of the pour we had. Next week, oh, we are whis- drinking what, Cole? Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of another whiskey person. I thought that was him, but yeah, go on. Next week we are drinking uh, Thomas H. Handy 2018. And I believe Cole said that if you wanted to try some of that these days on the secondary market and you're looking at about $350 to $500, is that correct? Uh, Yep, in that range, yep. Cool. All right, so that's going to do it for Chill Filter today. I'm Adam Rosted, speaking for me and Cole when I say I hope that our love of spirits lifted yours. Mm-hmm.